Your website is the front door of your business, but the way teams build and optimize is broken. Stuck between inflexible templates and cumbersome codependent solutions, there's a better, faster way. Enter Webflow, a visual-first platform that empowers you to create freely. Now you can ship web pages in weeks instead of months and save millions in development costs. These are the real results for companies like Orange Theory, Dropbox, and IDEO. Get started today at webflow.com. Webflow, more than a website builder. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have John Dillon with me, who is the CMO of Denny's. John, hi and welcome to the show. Hey Dean, hi, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. It's been a good day. How's your day been? It's been fantastic. Another good day here at Denny's. Another good day at Denny's. I love it. Well, speaking of Denny's, let's jump right in and talk about, you know, why you decided to take on the role as CMO at Denny's. Yeah, love to talk about that, actually. So I have been at Denny's, let me start with that, about almost 11 years now, believe it or not. So, which I know is fairly rare in marketing circles, but uh, proud of that. Um, I joined Denny's really because I saw an opportunity with an iconic American brand. At the time, we were just starting our rejuvenation process and uh, knew we had to do some things pretty dramatically differently in order to turn the brand around and and saw an opportunity there and and came over to work for a gentleman I used to work for before in a former life, which was always a good thing. So I joined uh, as a a senior director role here at the company and have moved my way up over the course of time, been CMO about four years now. and I would say CMO perspective, I have responsibility now for all the brand marketing, includes advertising, brand strategy, media, consumer insights, uh, social media, PR, field marketing, international marketing, now e-commerce, which is new for us, uh, marketing technology, fairly new for us, guest experience, and also the menu. So I get to eat and uh, try all kinds of new food items and and uh, proud of what we've done there. So. You know, in my role, we get to work with about uh, 270 different franchisees and all different aspects of the organization. So we're on the journey, but we're having fun. And that's what's most important. Wow. Okay. So that's so cool. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned franchisees there at the end. You know, that's obviously a layer of complexity as a CMO, how you think about managing the business. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach that and how you work with your franchisees? Very much so, yeah. So we love our franchisees, and I'm not just saying that. We have all different kinds of backgrounds with our franchise system, many of which have been around for quite a while. Some new franchisees we're bringing in as well. They've been attracted to some of the progress they've seen here. But we hold brand advisory council meetings. So there's a marketing brand advisory council, there's an operations council, there's a development council, a technology council we've just formed. And really, we bring in the franchisees into, the, into our conversations and essentially treat them like, which they do, they have a voice in the organization, a voice in where we go. So it's really a two-way dialogue. We listen, active listening to franchisees and their concerns. And clearly, you know, they'll be the ones to tell us, you guys are the experts on marketing, for example, in my case. So we trust you to do the right thing, but we want a voice in, in, in where we go. And they definitely have that voice. 
often I tell my team all the time, best ideas come from franchisees quite often. So instead of fighting that, we really treat that, we embrace that. And it's led to a lot of, a lot of really good initiatives we've done here at Denny's. Okay. So fascinating to me because honestly, I don't have a ton of experience with that model, but I've spent a lot of time working with CMOs of similar organizations. And there's always a a difference in how much is controlled at the national level versus the local level. So when it comes to marketing, you said some of the best ideas come from franchisees. How do you really work with them or share with them what your vision is and have it all work in this beautiful engine that you've built? Yeah, and we have many points of contact. So every two weeks, we're talking about the business results, but also importantly, where we're going and how we're adjusting based on business results. Uh, We talk about the future, we talk about the present, and we make decisions together. Um, We also have quarterly franchise board meetings. We also sit down and and talk with them in more detail. But again, it's really franchisees have a seat at the table, the big tables and the little tables, all all kinds of different tables they have a seat. (laughs) And obviously, we have an annual franchise convention, which we're actually getting ready for right now where we share our, our annual grand grand visions for the brand. And that's, that's built in with franchisee interaction. It's not just a you know, one-way dialogue. And uh, we like it that way, and I do think the, the franchise community also likes it that way. So are all your establishments franchisee-owned and operated, or are there any non-franchisee-owned operated establishments? Have some, yeah, great question. So we have roughly internationally about 1,700, over 1,700 locations. About 90% plus of those are franchise-owned. So as I mentioned, we have roughly, and I'll get the exact number wrong, but we have about 270 different franchise groups. So we have a lot of one, one to two franchise groups, one to two units, and we have some that are, you know, 80 plus, right? So we, we view those and we talk about it a lot here. We have we have many customers. The customer in the restaurant obviously is the end customer for all of us, but also our customers are franchisees and making sure our franchisee satisfaction equals our customer satisfaction is a big goal we have. And again, part of what's led to, I believe, our brand rejuvenation here. So when you think about the end consumer or your restaurateur, if you will, is that how you call them? Or no, diners. What, what do you call them? Guests? Diners? Well, especially at Denny's or diners, right? So we're a diner, so we have diners in our restaurant. But yeah, we do refer to them more, more as guests. Not necessarily, and that's an important distinction, right? Because we don't call them customers or, I mean, they're guests. They're our guests in our restaurant every day, and we need to treat them like that. Okay, cool. So your guest, and as you're thinking yes. about the guest, how did you build your strategy and what are you communicating around Denny's? You know, it started with, and this is work we did, gosh, a couple years after I joined, we really, in the first year or two I was here, we were really struggling. We decided we needed to, to really turn things on its head and really, truly understand what made our brand tick and what was, our, what was the DNA of our brand. So we went out, and this is, gosh, I'm dating myself, but this is you know, late 2009, early 2010. We went out and we did a very, very extensive round of consumer work. Or literally, we went in homes with people, talked to them about what they thought about Denny's, went in Denny's restaurants, talked to them what, what they liked about Denny's. But importantly, we also talked to guests that hadn't been to Denny's in a long, long time and uh, quite frankly had been had written us off or were frustrated with us. And we, we asked some really tough questions. We, we got some really tough answers back. And, and I talk about it sometimes as we confronted the brutal reality of the brand at the time. But I tell you, listening and active listening with that, and by the way, to our previous point, franchisees were included in that conversation when we listened to guests and they heard the same things we heard. It led to our identification, which quite frankly is a big piece of our brand turnaround, I believe, identifying us as America's diner. 
And what I mean by that is the word diner for us is critical because it connotes a place that really is unique in the restaurant industry where, you know, at a diner, it's not just a physical diner. We, that was an important distinction for us. It's not just a shiny retros 50s diner. That's not who we are. It is a diner where you come in as a guest, you lay your title at the door, you lay your, your, you know, your preconceived notions at the door where a banker can come in and sit next to a plumber, can sit next to a school teacher, you know, can sit next to a politician, and everybody's equal at a diner. There's something really, really powerful about that that we tapped into. And, uh, you know, and I can talk for, trust me, I can talk for hours about that. But my headline is that really gave us a North Star for our brand that is not just a marketing message. That's so important. It's, it's a message that has really mobilized us from an operation standpoint, from a franchisee standpoint, from a store development and remodels that we've done, which has really helped turn things around. It's really become that North Star for us. Um, internally as well as, you know, externally. So it's part of our communication, but part, importantly, internal communication is just as important. Okay, so that makes perfect sense to me. And I love that you have this North Star where everyone's equal and everyone can come together and enjoy a meal. Yeah, a diner is the original social network. If you really oh. think, right? So before, long before even computers, much less the internet and social media, the diner and your community diner, your neighborhood diner is really that original social network. Oh, I love that. Okay. So how, what kinds of things did you do to be able to communicate this welcoming message to turn the ship around, if you will? Sure. I mean, a number of things. Um, I mean, it starts a lot of it with communication. So really launching the America's Diner campaign and a lot of communication focused around really trying to get across that, again, not a physical sense of the word diner, but emotionally and and what we meant by diner. We've uh, remodeled over the last several years our stores. Our development team, led by a gentleman named Steve Dunn here, has done a fantastic job remodeling our, our stores and working with his development committee from a franchise perspective to make sure our stores felt more welcoming to guests, felt more like a diner. We kept some of the key elements of a diner, like the uh, corner booth, for example, and, and some of the bar stool and the bar area, um, but really added warmer colors to make sure it felt even more inviting. Um, that has led to a big piece of our turnaround. Um, we've reinvented the menu. So keeping the core elements of uh, diner food and really that comfort classic diner food, but adding some new twists on it for today's guests. I would, you know, once that'll throw at you is we've uh, changed or improved over 75% of our, our menu, our entrees in the last five years. Um, wow. We've had some really classic items over the years. Most people, when they hear about Denny's, they immediately say the Grand Slam or they say Moons Over Miami. And we love that because those are still on the menu and those are still driving business for us. But we wanted to be known for more than that. So we've added a number of items, added you know, skillets. We've, you know, we've reformulated and relaunched our pancakes. Um, we've you know, re- redone our burger lineup and, and, and all that over the last several years. And, it's, it's, so, and I could go on and on. There's other things from a staffing standpoint, from an internal communication standpoint, a number of things we've done that really kind of mobilize on that North Star of America's Diner. I have to admit, when you were saying you're known for stuff, I immediately thought the Grand Slam. And then did you it? said, yeah, I did. And then you said, moon's over my hammy. And I was like, I was transported back uh-huh. to to when I've, I think I've had moons over my hammy. Like I was probably in my college days, not for any other reason other than I've spent the last 20 years inside San Francisco. And 
I don't think you have a ton of Denny's in San Francisco, do you? Oh, we have more than you think. We're going to have to get you the list. Okay, well, <laughs> give, me, give me a list, you know, but I do remember that that was the place where we would go all the time and we would hang yeah. out and it was fun. Hey, it's funny you say that because that's one of the our biggest strengths and our biggest challenges with the brand is is we have extremely high awareness depending on what study you look at, we're, you know, 95% plus brand awareness. We're, you know, almost everybody. And if I get in a room full of marketers or, or anybody I'm presenting to and ask who's been to a Denny's, almost everybody raises their hand, which is nice. By the way, we love that. But I would say the challenge we've had is then, you know, if you ask, you know, when was the last time you went, at least, you know, when I first joined, you know, 10 plus years ago, a lot of those hands went down mm-hmm. right, because they hadn't been any time recently. So a lot of the memories of Denny's were just that, they're memories in the past. But recently, we've, that, that was our charge. How do we arrest that? How do we embrace those memories? Because they're all great memories and people smile when you hear the Denny's. People just smile. But we had to also become more relevant for today's guests and drive that younger generation and or drive, you know, folks like me who are getting up in the age and that hadn't, you know, at the time I joined Denny's, I hadn't been in, in several years. But, uh, but more and more when I'm asking those questions, more people are saying they've had recent experiences at Denny's and, and that's, that brings a smile to our face too. So that's, that's the, the, the biggest strength sometimes is your biggest challenge. And that was the case for us back, uh, back when we first started. Okay. So very cool. And I know you mentioned to me in a different conversation that you've had seven years of positive growth. So obviously moving in the right direction, but I want to come back to something you said about the diner is the original social network. And I'm my twisted mind is working and I'm thinking if that's the social network, how are you using social media to get people to have more of an in-person experience? Yeah, that's a great question. And we like to say our strategy with social media really representing that voice of a diner to extend the conversations that happen in a diner booth into the social media space. Oh, cool. So you're sitting in a diner booth, right? Especially in a diner for some reason. You're talking about things that in, in a regular restaurant, you may not be talking about as much. You're more relaxed in a diner. You're more talking about pop culture or you're overhearing conversations in the booth next to you and you're talking to those people. And really, like I said, that's the original social network piece. And, you know, so our strategy, especially with, and it, it varies by social site. So Facebook, obviously, you know, I'm talking to a group of marketers, right? So the, your audience will know better than a lot of people, but Facebook is different than Twitter, different than Tumblr, different than Instagram. So you use those for different reasons. And your tone somewhat varies based on the site. But, you know, our, our Twitter voice, for example, is very much a reflection of, of who we are. Um, a little bit quirky, a little bit off-center, but we use it a lot to participate or, or instigate or even flame social conversations that are happening. And we always try to tie it back to food. And that's part of the key, right? So, you know, people ask me all the time, so how much does social media translate into direct traffic into your restaurants? And I wish I was smart enough to have that answer, but, but I'll tell you, I mean, some of my proudest moments when, when I'm sitting in a Denny's and I can hear the, the conversation in the booth next to me and they're talking about the Denny's social media voice. And literally we have tweets from people that said, I came to Denny's because of this tweet or, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that, that you just love, right? I wish I could measure it a little bit more than I can today, but uh, we're working on that and making a lot of progress there. But uh, the social media voice is very critical to, you know, who, who we are as a brand and how we're going to move forward. 
I love it. And when you crack the code, you're going to have to come back for round two. <laughs> Share Never podcast on that alone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I am so tempted to just go right down that path. But actually, I do want to switch gears because I want to talk more about you and your journey and what got you to be uh, in the role that you're in today. So sure. um, when you first sat on your career, did you ever think you would be a CMO? <laughs> no. Not at all. In fact, uh, I, I even wondered if I'd get a real job in marketing. <laughs> you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> the, um, no, I, it's funny. I did get a, a degree in marketing coming out of school. I went to Baylor University, sick and bears, but did not really find the position I wanted coming out of school. So I did what every college kid does and really followed a group of friends to a job that they were, they were starting. And my first job was actually trading mutual funds at Fidelity Investments, believe wow. it or not. Yeah. So it was, and honestly, it was a phenomenal first job. I loved it. Very quickly realized I wanted to get back into marketing. And, and with, uh, with that kind of, you know, background at the time, it was still hard. So literally, I kid you not. So I answered a, a blind ad and uh, back in the days, again, before computers, and here I am dating myself again, but back when, you know, people answer newspaper ads. So I answered a, a one ad in the newspaper for a job that was a financial analyst job. Did not know who it was for. Turned out, I applied, and it, and when I went to the interview, found out it was for Pizza Hut. Oh. So it was for the field office of Pizza Hut in Dallas at the time. Pizza Hut was located in Wichita, Kansas, corporate office. But applied to the job in the field office and got you know got the job. So started my job as a financial analyst for Pizza Hut in field finance. And I still p- tell people, and I tell my counterparts here at Denny's that I used to work in field finance, and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they fully believe it still, but I did. <laughs> But, you know, shortly after that, I said, I do want to get to marketing. Um, so I, you know, made a lateral move at the time to uh, to field marketing at Pizza Hut. And then Pizza Hut relocated to, a corporate office relocated to Dallas, where I was living at the time, and a number of different positions opened up for me. I then went from field marketing to consumer insights and spent a few years in consumer insights. And I tell you, the combination of finance, field, and Consumer Insights has been a phenomenal foundation for my career, I believe, um, from that, because you learn, you know, what makes the business tick, you learn the importance of the operators in the field, you learn, the, you know, really what makes consumers tick on the insight side. And then I translated that into different roles at Pizza Hut, including brand marketing roles, and so a number of different roles in my career at Pizza Hut. So there's that, and then, you know, a couple different stops, and then I ended up... Uh, in, in another form, I, I, tell, I tell John Miller, our CEO here, this is my dream job, don't get me wrong, but at the time, my dream job I went to was uh, running marketing for the Houston Rockets. So I went to, went to the world of sports mm. and, uh, and ran, ran marketing for the uh, Houston Rockets and the NBA um, for, for a time period. And, and that was fantastic. And then long story short, here I am at Denny's. So came out here, like I said, 11 years ago. Thought I'd be here a couple of years and go back to Texas, but... Uh, we love it here. We're doing great things with the brand and really, really enjoying it. Wow. So I love that you shared how diverse your background was as you got started, because there is a real trend I'm seeing with a lot of the CMOs that I interview. A lot of them start in finance. And, uh, I've noticed that too. Yep. And that's awesome because, you know, one of the things that people have talked a lot about in the last few years is that there needs to be stronger financial acumen within marketing. So if you come with that already, that's great. Is there something you've done to help share that with your team or augment 
uh, everyone's capabilities so that everybody really got that business hat on as well like you do? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I would say my team does a phenomenal job as is there. Our, our, our finance group here at, at Denny's is, is second to none, honestly, one of the best finance group I've ever seen. We have cross-functional teams that, that build those strengths internally already. One of the things I really trumpet, I think, with my team is the importance of insights and consumer insights, that kind of marketing research aspect, you know, and what's the, not, don't just tell me what the, what the data is, but what does the data say in the so what's out of that data. And I think they do a phenomenal job getting to that. But, uh, but to your point, I, I do believe, you know, having a, a background that's a little bit different than the, the career you end up in, just like in reverse, a finance person with a marketing background is phenomenally valuable, right? Mm-hmm. A, a marketing person with a finance background or a research background or what have you just truly, truly rounds out expertise of people in ways that pay off uh, in a number of different ways. I could spend a long time talking about this topic. I, I think it's fascinating. <laughs> but back to your pizza, sports, and bacon path. Yes. Right? I love that. Thank you. I stole that from you. Pizza, <laughs> sports, and bacon. And along the way, were there some, and I'm sure there were, so sort of like a, a loaded question, but what were some of the pivotal moments along the way that turned a few light bulbs on for you or caused you to shift gears or take a different path? Ah, good question. And I was thinking the other day about the line of bosses I've had over my career and, and literally even the ones I had for a short period of time, I learned a tremendous amount from. And I can pretty much point to every single person and something I learned from that very, and I literally can. So I, there's that. I think one of my bosses at the time kind of said, hey, don't ever lose this, the fact that, John, I see you as an insights-driven marketer. And I've really kind of taken that and said, okay, that's a nice title to have, an insights-driven marketer. And, and that's a pivotal moment for me because that was the first time I think it, I really kind of self-defined my own brand and who I wanted to be. So that's one. I, I think, you know, I spent a number of years at Young Brands and learned a ton at Young Brands about how to bring people with you with a leadership style. But uh, there's, so I think there's several pivotal points. So they're just a couple of them. So, Gosh, I have two competing questions in my head, so I'm going to just stick with the first one. Okay. You were talking about uh, consumer insights and you're an insights-driven person. What's your perspective on the role of AI and how to leverage that moving forward? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Didn't expect that question. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you inspired it in me. No, I, mean, I think you got to go there. You got to learn. We have a gentleman named Michael Furlow who just came in to Denny's, who heads up our IT department, that we've had some conversations around that. A gentleman on my team, Dave Coltrane, does a phenomenal job leading the kind of that more forward-looking marketing technology space. We've had conversations around that as well. Um, not trying to name everybody on my team, but one more, Eric Jensen, um, leads, leads our brand engagement efforts and does a phenomenal job. So all those folks we've been talking to more and more about AI and where that could go. I would say, you know, we're doing a lot with uh, voice ordering. We just launched an Amazon Alexa capability for our brand to really do voice ordering. And uh, we're learning as we go there. But I would say any brand that's not looking at that and investing in that, at least putting some thought behind it is missing the boat. And, I, and it touches at every brand to some degree, but you got to keep learning you got to keep testing and you got to keep innovating. It's so interesting because I was talking with, with Meg, who is the CMO of uh, NPR this morning and she was talking about the the role of voice in Alexa and 
how it brings families together. And uh-huh. it sounds like you're looking at that too in different ways. And it's just, it's fascinating to me on all the new developments and how we're being able to leverage them anchored in purpose, which is what really excites me, right? It's- yeah, and to your point, you're rattling back to me, our, our purpose of bringing people together and, and feeding people. And I want to talk about that that purpose here in a second too, if we could, but but yeah, technology both, you know, for us now in, in any restaurant brand, it's more and more e-commerce. And for us, we launched Denny's On Demand, we call it about this time last year and have had tremendous early results with that. But making that proposition even easier, more convenient for guests to use and place their favorite order. That's part of where the Amazon Alexa for us integration comes in, but in the restaurant too. So adding technology to the restaurant, we're testing a number of things and we're going to be testing more. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So we're going to have to have a whole nother podcast just about these things because it's amazing. These are adding up. I like it. They're adding up, right? We could go on for another half hour minimum here, but uh, we are coming short on time. So I know you said just a minute ago, you wanted to talk about purpose a little bit more. I love this topic. No, I do too. And I, and I think that's, a, I look at a couple of things that have been real pivot points from a brand marketers, especially perspective within our brand, but I also think across the organization. One clearly was America's Diner that we established a number of years ago. One that's, you can argue kind of we did one before the other in, in the wrong order, but we established our brand positioning about 10 plus years ago. That's really led to some of our results. And, and a few years ago, we, we kind of, re, I would say, reestablished our brand purpose. And I say reestablished because it's, it had been there all along, but we really kind of dusted it off and, and amplified it internally uh, and spent a ton more time internally than we have externally on this at this point. But uh, I, our brand purpose is very, very simple. And when I say that, the first reaction is, yeah, of course. But our brand purpose is we love to feed people. Right. And why I say it is it's not just feeding people in the literal sense. Of course, we're a restaurant brand. Of course, we love to feed people. But our founder, a gentleman named Harold Butler in 1953, when he founded Denny's, was asked in a, in a, a newspaper article, actually, why he founded the brand. And he said those simple words. He said, because I love to feed people. Right. And, and you think about, you know, all kinds of companies are going off trying to create a brand purpose and trying to find it. And, and we had one staring us in the face that we realized that's it. And we love to feed people, not just in the physical sense, but also the emotional sense, feeding people's, you know, bodies, minds, and souls. So if you think about what I went through in the beginning, when we talked about America's Diner and the place that diner serves in this country, a diner serves across the globe, and really what a diner does in bringing people together, combined with that purpose of feeding people's bodies, minds, and souls. At Denny's, I truly believe we have something incredibly powerful and the ability to, you know, obviously fill stomachs but also really give back to people in the communities and education and hunger relief. We do a lot of work there uh, from a diversity standpoint. We do a ton of work and we're really going to be amplifying that brand purpose, both again, both internally and externally as we move forward. It's such, it's such a powerful place to be for any brand that can truly find a brand purpose that is rooted in, in their DNA and who they are. That's really authentic. And, uh, very proud of what we've done here and, and also excited about the work we have to do. I love that example because it reminds me so much of Tony Rogers when he was still the CMO at Walmart and talking about finding this old video footage of Sam Walton, which yes. was... Yeah, I've heard it, Tony tell that story, yep. Yeah, so obvious that that was the purpose and same with you. And I love that it's not over-engineered and that it's it's organic and natural and it fits and you're able to do so much with that. So 
I'm curious when you said you're spending a lot more time internally than you are externally communicating the purpose. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So when we have meetings, we're talking about our brand purpose and using examples there. So it's it's an education process with our operations team, with our franchise community, even with our internal corporate team on on what our brand purpose is, why it's there, but importantly, what we do with that. So we've, and it's it's not something that's going to happen overnight where all of a sudden you have total unity around, you know, here's exactly what we do with our brand purpose. The nice part, it can take several different forms. So cross-functionally, we're working on that together of how do we take our brand purpose to the next level? I mean, you know, we created a a mobile, what we call a mobile relief diner truck during hurricane season last year. And other brands have done it, but we went all out. We got an 18-wheeler, outfitted it with custom-made equipment to go out to, at the time, it was Florida and Houston to, you know, serve people who needed it the most, again, feeding people's bodies, minds, and souls. We served them a free, you know, free stack of pancakes and and bacon, a free cup of coffee, just to, you know, give them a hug and and really feed their soul and feed their body when they needed the most in the middle of disaster. So we've taken that from a temporary program to a full-time program. We're building our own truck. We're, you know, we're about to roll it out here in this coming summer. And we do that because, you know, it, it's it's part of our brand. So the, the nice part about that, I, I use that example because, um, of course, you, as a marketer, you want to get some kind of press coverage on it, but that's not the intent. And I, but I'll tell you, the most powerful impact it's had has been internally the, whether it be franchisees or operators in those markets or corporate staff that have volunteered to go down and serve in the truck on their own time. We've had, we had a story of, you know, franchisees and, and some of their workers that, took time from their vacation to drive up to Houston to serve on the truck because they wanted to give back and they so believe in this brand and the purpose of feeding people. And, and those, and it's just one example, right? But that's just, a, I believe, a powerful example of unifying a brand around a common goal and a common brand purpose, what it can do for internal morale and then ultimately business results. Wow. Okay. So that's beautiful, John. And you know what? I can't help but think of Roy Spence and the two of you should combine your trucks or at least drive them side by side as he's going across the land trying to help yes. people figure out what they're good at and what they can be great at. And you can feed them along the way. Say, we can bring some pancakes and bacon, can't we? I think that would be awesome. <laughs> and you can have NPR in the background or you, know, <laughs> that's right. that's you on CMO moves, you know, there's a good way to bring people together, I mean, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, what a whirlwind day. And um, I have had so much fun chatting with you. I have one last question for you. If money were no object, you didn't have to feed anybody in your family or the rest of the world for that matter, and you could be doing anything in the world, what would you be doing? Besides talking to you, right? So um, (laughs) great question. I'd say it probably changes answer every year. When I think through it in my own head, I mean, right now, I would say, obviously, being with family, a fantastic family, I always want to spend more time with, but I want to teach at some point. I really think I do. So, and whether that be marketing or something else, really spending time in the college scene, either teacher or I'm a sports nerd, right? So, or an athletic director of a, of a university or a college would be a phenomenal uh, job, I believe. Not without the challenges as well, but I've got, uh, got a long ways to go here at Denny's. Well, those are both very exciting. And also another trend, a lot of people with the CMO role have really enjoyed teaching and the opportunity to teach. And I think that's really representative of how much 
the role is a leadership role is to help coach others on your team. Yeah. And I think we all as marketers have a responsibility to give back and, and go out to college camp. And a has done a fantastic job leading programs here, but really go out and share, you know, what can happen within a marketing career. And the, importantly, the impact you can have, not just on business, but also on society. Absolutely. Really coming through in the marketing world these days. I love that. John, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise. Thanks, Nene, very much.